You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast. I'm your host, as always, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and we are in uh, off-season mode now as the the New York Giants are finished with their off-season program, and we won't see them again until I believe it's July 26th when training camp starts. So uh, we're going to talk today to Giants media host, sideline reporter, what, whatever whatever she wants to call herself, Madeline Burke. Madeline, we uh, we appreciate your uh, your dropping by. Thanks so much for having me, Ed. It's a pleasure. So yeah, so so we don't know what to call you. You just do what <laughs> we just you just do what 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 the Giants need you to do. <laughs> exactly. You know, I like to think of myself as an aspiring five tool player, um, but you know, I I do. My role with the team has grown over the years that I've been there. I do host the post game show on MSG. I host the some social media and digital content. We've got podcasts, we've got all of it. So uh, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> so yeah, I wanted to, the first thing to mention among all of those things is the brand new podcast you guys are doing called Her Playbook, which is yeah. very, very cool. Um, just, uh, you know, why don't you tell folks a little bit about that so that uh, in case they haven't seen it or heard it yet. Yeah, so we just launched this podcast called Her Playbook, as you mentioned, and the point of the podcast or the direction of it is really to highlight stories of women in sports and women who, you know, not only are on the sidelines uh, in the broadcasts, uh, but also in the, you know, the coaching ranks, the scouts, the women that you don't see as often. And I think for myself as well, as we started this process, one of the things that I've found in talking to other people about it is people were surprised. Oh, I didn't know that there were women who were scouting in the NFL. I didn't know that there were women who were coaching in the NFL. And there are, uh, it's not, you know, an overwhelming volume, but there are quite a significant amount of women who have worked their way up in the ranks. And I think it's also important to show representation because for me as a young girl, you know, when I decided I want to work in sports and People would always say, oh, you want to be a sideline reporter? Because that's the association. Oh, if you're a female, that's the role you take. But now I love the idea that young girls, you know, your granddaughter could look at a TV and say, you know what, I'd love to coach someday, or I'd love to, you mm-hmm. know, be a scout someday. And that, and she can see other women or other people who come from a similar background or, or look like her that, that do that. And I think that's really cool. And so our first couple episodes, we had Hannah Storm, who's an excellent broadcaster and has um, some great stories and Laura Young as well, who's in the Giants coaching staff. She's the first woman to be full-time on the Giants coaching staff. So those were our first two debut episodes and we'll be uh, sprinkling out a few more in the off season before we get them ramped up again in the regular season. There are, there are a number of women 
within the Giants coaching staff, within the organization, just in uh, in personnel roles. There's Laura Young, who you mentioned, as director of coaching operations. And I want to ask you more about her in a minute. But there's Angela Baker, offensive quality control coach. I know Courtney Kennedy is in data and innovation. Hannah Burnett's in the scouting department. Andrea Wagner's in the scouting department. Ashley Lynn, I think, has been director of, of player engagement for a number of years now. I would imagine that that for you, that's pretty cool to look at that and see and see the Giants, you know, moving in that direction. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Hannah Burnett, as you mentioned, too, she had a great uh, line when, you know, we also spoke to her for this podcast. That'll be coming out at a later date. But one of the things that she pointed out was, you know, the information is out there. Right. If you want to watch film, whether you're a man or a woman, you can access the information. You can educate yourself on these things. And, you know, in scouting a game, you can learn how to scout a game the same way a man can learn it. A woman can learn it as well. And I think sometimes people say, oh, well, it must be. so." No, it's it's just the access to it. And then I think the important thing, too, as you mentioned, there are so many women involved. And Brian Dable has done an excellent job of creating a culture in which that women are elevated and, and it's, um, it's a really cool thing to see. Yeah. I know he can't, uh, I, I would love to get a chance to talk to Laura Young myself. One of these days, Brian Dable cannot talk about Laura Young without calling her a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just, just, I'm just curious, just tell me a little bit about your conversation with Laura and, and a little bit of, about her and what she does on the Giants coaching staff. Yeah, well, so coaching operations is, you know, she's more uh, in charge of like scheduling the the minutia, the 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 operation of practice, the operation of travel, like how everything gets done. You know, the coaches get it done, but she's more in the how. I think is the best way to describe that role. But she's also on the practice field too, working with these guys in practice. And you know, I had a video on on Instagram the other day with you know Darius Slayton, who was. Uh, we caught a pass and then had like hit a step back and tossed it to Lori Young. And he reposted, he's like, look at that chemistry with me and L.Y. Like, he, <laughs> you know, L.Y. has really built up that that rapport with the players already at this early stage as well. And, and it's just such a I mean, a rock star is such a perfect way to describe her because she's just such a solid presence. And she, um, you know, has been around this league for quite some time. And, you know, for listeners out there, if you want to listen to her episode of the, the podcast as well, she's got a great story. And um, yeah, I have so much respect for LY and especially even more so getting to know her as I have. And, and the relationship between her and Brian Dable is just such a, a, a great one and a well-functioning one. And I think that that it translates and you can feel that uh, in the organization. I, I know only one thing from watching some of the practices and seeing her out there. I know she can throw the hell out of the ball. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. I mean, you were there, you were there in OTAs and they had Joe Shane out there throwing a couple passes. I was like, get a Y involved. Right. You know? there, there you go. There yeah. you go. So, so I have to ask, you know, you mentioned Brian Dable. I'm not there yet, but are you, are, are you at the point where you can call him Dabes? Yes. Well, he introduced himself to the organization and asked that he be called Dabes. So mm -hmm. I think that that was, you know, when somebody says, Hey, you know, my name is, my name is Brian Dable. Call me Dabes. Um, that's, you know, where it that's, is, but mm -hmm. 
I think it's out of a uh, habit. I'm, you know, you want to say, Oh, Hey coach, or how's it going coach. But, um, he's a very, one of the things that I've noticed right off the bat about him is he's the exact same person in every setting. He's the exact same person at the podium as he is in the hallways, as he is, you know, in the practice field, he gets fired up, but as you should be, but you know, it's, mm-hmm the authenticity is really palpable with him. And, you know, he's another guy, he's been in the league for 22 years. He's ready for this opportunity. And I'm, you know, not going to go ahead and give him a Super Bowl championship just yet, but I do like what he's done with the culture in the building. Yeah. It's, it's interesting that you use the word authenticity because I did a piece on, uh, on his first spring as giants head coach uh, that just ran on big blue view on Sunday. So, and it's funny because I had a chance, uh, I had a chance late in the week to talk to Joe Shane about Dayball and we talked to John Feliciano about Dayball and they both used the word authentic in, you know, he is what he is. And, you know, I, I, I have had some interactions with, with Brian that, that, that I've never had with head coaches before. And I've been doing this since Tom Coughlin was a Giants head coach. So it's, I've never, I've never had a head coach walk over to me on the sideline and ask me if, if it was okay with me, if, if, if we moved the reporters to a different location on the sideline, <laughs> you know, he's very considerate. And un- he also understands that while he has a job to do, so do you, so do we, we, mm-hmm. as the reporters, you know, he understands that, you know, the media has a job to do and wants to put these people in the best position to do it with respect to what he's doing as well. And I, I think that's really cool. He's a personable guy. And, um, and that translates with the players, with the staff, with, with everyone. Um, And it's just kind of cool to see. I mean, it takes, yeah. It's just interesting because, you know, I, I was very, very optimistic about Joe judge's tenure as you know, when Joe was hired as head coach, but, And, you know, one personality isn't necessarily better than another personality in terms of leading to wins and losses. But I always had this feeling that around Joe, that as as smart as a football guy as he was, that everybody was on pins and needles, that it was very sort of sort of uptight and, and had to be a certain way. And, and, and Dave's in there. I'll use it. There you go. Dave's is not that way. He's Mm -hmm. not that way. He's just, you know, he's just kind of, you know, let's just get it done. And, you know, we'll, we'll work the hardest, we'll work as hard as we can every day. And, you know, and I'll shoot guys straight if they're not getting it done. And, and and it's looser. It's, it's more pleasant to be around than it's been in a while. That, that, that doesn't necessarily lead to wins. Right. You know, but, you know, we'll have to see, but, but it's more pleasant to be around. I think it's a lot of an element of human nature too, right? When you mm-hmm. get your first head coaching job in this league, it's something that most of these people have been dreaming of, have been aspiring to, have been working towards for years. And so with that accomplishment, with that, okay, I've gotten to this status comes a little bit of pressure, whether it's internalized or externalized or a combination of both. And so I think it's human nature to have that pressure on yourself and to try to say, okay, now that I'm a head coach, this is who I have to be. This is who, this is what a head coach does. This is what a head coach looks like. But, you know, last week at at minicamp, even John Feliciano said, Dave's has become just a more, uh, 
more of himself, more Dave's like, he's not Mm -hmm. trying to say, okay, now that I'm a head coach, I have to be this guy. Now that I'm a head coach, I have to act this way or change the way I compose myself. He just has continued to do the thing that got him to that place. And I think that that is, is respected because sometimes, you know, it can be hard Um, you know, for anyone stepping into a a role that they've aspired to and that they've wanted and that, you know, it's like, how do I navigate? How do I behave or how do I act now in this space? And I think it's human nature to say, well, I got to be different than I did in the last one. Um, But I think that that also, and the thing that sticks out as well is that he, Dave's is really enforcing, like, I want the players to not be afraid to make mistakes. I want them to make mistakes because, on the practice field is where you should. If you are afraid to make a mistake on the practice field, you're going to be afraid to, to try something new. You're going to think this might work on this play, but if it doesn't, I don't want to mess up. So I'm not going to try it. Whereas in this environment, this might work on this play. And I know that if I mess up, that's okay. So I'm going to try it and maybe we'll discover something magical. So that's cool. It's, it's funny that you mentioned that because that applies directly to Daniel Jones. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching Eli Manning in training camp. Okay. And Eli, Eli would throw interceptions in training camp. And, and you would wonder when the heck did he throw that ball for? Because he knows better, but it was training camp. He didn't care if the ball got picked off or not. He wants to throw that ball to see if he can squeeze it in that window or to see if if he throws this 50-50 ball when this particular young receiver that he hasn't worked with a whole lot is covered. He wants to see if that receiver can go up and make that play. Right. So he knows during the season if he can trust that guy to make that play. And I, I find it really interesting that I think that's what Daves is doing with Daniel Jones and with his quarterbacks because people freak out during OTAs. Oh my God, Daniel Jones threw two interceptions today. He's terrible, but everything has a situation. It's like, it's like Dave said the other day, he said, well, you know, yeah, we had a rough day on offense, but we spent the whole day practicing third and eight, third and 10, third and long situations where it's supposed to be hard on the offense. Mm -hmm. And the next day the offense was better. And he said, yeah, but we spent the whole day practicing, you know, first and two at the goal line, (laughs) you know, and, and, and those are things that, you know, you write down plays madly in your notebook and you don't think about you, you don't see what the exact situation is. So I find, I do find it so important too, for context, right. To your Mm -hmm. point, because it, it is such a different game, you know, third and long versus first and goal. And, and uh, I think sometimes it's just, uh, you know, fans and, and, and onlookers get caught up in the whole, oh, well, the offense looked good, the offense looked bad, but you're right. It's, it's also important, the context in which they did. And it's June, you know, so it's exactly. this is the time, this is the time where, you know, we got a lot of all game left before it starts to count. And, uh, oh, you know, I, I, I will admit I've had a couple of those during, during the spring where I said, what the heck did he throw that for? And then I realized, oh, it's a tight window and he just wants to see, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. he probably just wants to see if he can get that ball in there. 
yeah. or he wants to see if that receiver can make that play. So, well, and he's got to have the opportunity to work that out, right? Especially right. because the narrative around him for far too long has been the interceptions. Right. And that's another thing that, you know, anybody, if, if I tell you, Ed, okay, when you go out to practice, don't say the word penguin. You're like, well, I wouldn't normally say the word penguin, but now all you're thinking about is that word. And like, okay, don't say that. Don't say that. Don't say that. And you're putting the pressure on yourself not to say that. And you're thinking, would I ever say that here? Would I? And you're not free. You're not just existing. You're not just able to do your job. And because that pressure has been on him, okay, don't throw the interception. Don't throw the interception. And he hasn't had that as much freedom or, or for whatever reason, to feel like, okay, I can work this out here. That has built up into, you know, a bigger gorilla on his back than it should. And um, listen, I mean, Daniel Jones has an incredible arm. He has incredible relationships within this team. Um, The receivers, the skill position players adore him. They vacation together. You know, this is a good chemistry. It's just, you know, he's got to get the monkey off his back with that one. And, and, uh, and we've seen the ability for it. And it's also not just, a, it's not just an individual Daniel Jones problem. It's a collective, you know, there's 11 guys on offense and all of them have a, have a role in the play. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yeah, and another thing you mentioned, the, the collective. And, you know, I was trying not to freak out. I know people are trying not to freak out. You look at all the guys that were in red jerseys all spring. You know, and Kenny Galladay really didn't practice, and Sterling Shepard didn't practice, and Kadarius Tony didn't practice. But, but you know, the Giants kept saying, "Hey, it's you know, it's May, it's June, it's you know, this this is nice, but but this is not when it's important." And and yeah, we'd push a lot of these guys a lot harder, you know, if it was if it was September. So I I I just caution people: don't freak out about that. I don't know how you looked right. at that as well. Yeah, because I think, you know, this time of year, especially in, in the, the uh, OTAs, which are voluntary, it's nice to have the guys out there. Um, but, you know, this is a learning process. This is about, you know, learning the playbook, learning the plays. And of course, it's you pick it up more when you're on the field than you're implementing it. But at this time of the year, if they're in the classroom, if they're around, that's still helpful uh, participation. Once we get to training camp, once we get to July, August, if the volume of red jerseys is still high, then that might be a moment to say, okay, what's the contingency plan here? Because that's a lot of players. And, you know, the giants have been struck with the injury bug quite a bit recently. And that's one of those things. It's just, it's just a combination of just unfortunate luck. And, you know, there's some things that you can do about it, but there's some things that it's just the way things unfold. I mean, you look at what happened with the Ravens last year. Nobody saw that happening. Half their team was on IR at one point. And that just was the way the things went for them. And that affected their season. And so 
Uh, I think it is smart for the Giants to be overly cautious. You know, if anyone's got a little tweak, this isn't the time to play through it. This isn't the time to work through it. This is the time to say, okay, take care of your body as much as possible. So when you're on the field in July, August, September, and so forth, you can be strong, you can be your full self, and you can play through the season. Yeah, exactly. And you, you've been around NBA teams, you've been around, you know, MLB teams, and and you've been around enough teams to, to understand. I mean, people want to freak out. They want to blame, you know, they want to blame the former general manager for injuries, or they want to blame the coaching staff, or they want to say, yeah. fire the training staff, or Ronnie Barnes is old and it's his fault, you know? But he's in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's nobody's fault necessarily. I mean, I go back to, as I said, you know, Tom Coughlin changed a lot of things about the way the Giants practiced. They use the GPS technology. They, do, you know, each coaching staff has done all sorts of different things and backed off in certain ways to, to try and, and deal with that. And, you know, sometimes it just happens. It's weird that it keeps happening to the Giants, yeah. but I don't think there's a, there's a, a specific reason for it. It just is. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that, uh, you know, when you have a couple of years of bad luck, I don't know, maybe somebody walked under a ladder. I don't know, but whatever happened, hopefully this <laughs> little, this little period ends for them and, uh, they can stay healthy because I know that these players want to be healthy. I know, you know, you see Sterling Shepard out on the field. He's coming back from a ruptured Achilles and he's out there running around being the biggest cheerleader for this group. And, and, eager to get back on the field, but of course, understanding that, Hey, I have to do this in the right timing. Otherwise I could hurt myself even more. And that's the hard part too, for a professional athlete. We saw what Saquon went through with that ACL. It took him 11 months to get back on the field. And all he wanted was to get back out there and play because this is what these guys do. They don't want to be sitting in a training room. They don't want to be getting treatment all day, every day. They want to be out on the field playing the game that they've grown up loving so much that they've made a career out of it. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this team can get and stay healthy uh, in, the, in the near future. Yeah, since you mentioned Saquon, I want to ask you something. I think you were in um, Saquon's media availability the other day. Mm -hmm. And we don't know what the, you know, what the 22 2022 season holds for Saquon. We don't know what the future holds for him as a giant. But I came away from that media scrum and i'll say this there have been media scrums and there was one early early in the spring where he wouldn't even look up from the microphone he wouldn't even look at people he was kind of mumbling his answers he didn't want to be there when we talked to him last week he was smiling he was upbeat he was happy you could tell he felt good about himself and where he is mm -hmm. um i'm just curious if you came away with that same impression of Saquon that, that he feels better about himself right now than he has in a while. Yeah. Well, you know, to your point that the press conference, you mentioned where he was kind of looking down and, and mumbling that one, I think, you know, that was the first one of this, you know, off season program. And, and what I took from that was frustration, right? You know, he's being asked about this injury. He doesn't want to be, the guy constantly coming back from injury. He doesn't want to be the guy labeled as always banged up. And, you know, he worked his tail off to get back from that ACL only to have a freak accident 
ankle injury in which he landed on another player's foot. That wasn't something that was like, oh, a misstep or something. That was just an accident. And for anybody, that's frustrating. And so that's what I took from that was frustration of like, I don't want to be that guy. And he also is, you know, aware of people say, you know, the, the narrative, whether it's on a micro or macro level of, oh, well, he was number two overall and shouldn't have been and this and that. This man is a talented player and has a lot to offer and still has so much that he wants to put out there on the field. And I think that that was what we were feeling then is that frustration of like, I'm not this person that I have been that I've shown for the last couple of years. And I am so eager to get the chance to get out there and be the person I know I am. And I think when we spoke to him last week after, you know, several weeks of OTAs and mini camp and he's been out, he's been running plays he's lighting up because he's getting that chance to show. And also one of the things that I found interesting that he pointed out, he said, you know, I haven't moved this much since college. The way that Brian Dable's offense is using him is reminiscent to Saquon of his college tape so much so that he went back and watched his college tape to kind of refamiliarize himself with the player he used to be. And I thought that was interesting. So I asked him, Hey, what did you see? I mean, that's like going back in time, a time capsule. So much has happened between Penn state. And now when you go back and watch that Penn state tape, what does that feel like? What do you notice? And, and one of the things he said was he was a lot more confident of a player at that point, because before you get injured, before you're dealing with that, you're trusting your body, you're trusting yourself, you're playing free. And after dealing with injury, especially in the volume that Saquon has, again, it's just a human nature thing to be a little bit more concerned or protective or, oh, okay, let me not, I don't know. Let me make sure I can trust this. But he said right now in this space where he is, and you mentioned he was lit up, he was happy. He said, I'm starting to feel that confidence again. I'm starting to feel like a confident player. And that is what you love to see because it's bringing him back to the player he was in college, the player he was in college that had him drafted number two overall. And at some points floated around as a potential number one overall pick, he was that good. And that was him used in a really uh, effective way for his skill set. And so for him to say the way I'm being used now is comparable to that. And the way he lights up in talking about that, he's out there, he's playing free, he's having fun doing it. And that, that is something that giants fans are going to love to see this year. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I, we'll have to see. You know, I don't know if the Saquon of 2018 is still in there, but I think a very very good player is still in there, and sure. and hopefully hopefully we'll get to see that. I'm just curious. You know, I was thinking about the frustration of of the Giants fan base too over over the years, and we you know we've seen Ben McAdoo come in, and then Pat Shermer come in, and and, you know, and Joe Judge came in and we've seen new GMs now and and we don't know what's going to happen with Joe Shane and Brian Dable. We just don't. But I I feel like it's OK at this point for Giants fans to be optimistic. I feel like it's OK for them to feel like, you know, maybe we have the right people in charge here. Maybe things are going to finally get better you know, and I, I, I felt that way all spring and I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's putting you on the spot too much, but, but I don't know if you feel the same way. I think it's, you know, anytime, just like every season when we go into training camp and it's a free or it's a fresh slate, 
there's a natural optimism, right? Okay, this season ahead of us, anything is possible. It could go well, it could go poorly. But you know what? Right now, at this point, it's the beginning of something and it's a clean slate. That's kind of a similar space with the organization right now. Okay, it's the beginning of something, it's a clean slate. They've got a new general manager, they've got a new head coach, they've brought in uh, several new people. But one of the things that really stands out is John Mara, when he talked about this process in the beginning of this process, saying, you know what? I want to do this differently. I want to have hire a general manager, give him the opportunity to hire his head coach. So make sure because that relationship, John Mara says, is very important. Those two need to be on the same page. And so he said that that was in his intention. And then he executed on his intention. He did what he said he set out to do. And I think that that's, that's the hard part. You say, this is what I want to do, but then you get involved in the process and you say, mm, but maybe I should go this way. Maybe I should go that way. No, he said, this is what I want to do this time. And this is what he did this time. And I think that the, it's having the relationship that Joe Shane and Brian Dable have coming into this, that uh, pre-established trust, that pre-established respect, that pre-established long-standing relationship is going to translate because, you know, Joe Shane said this during the draft process as well, you know, Hey, I could have a player that I love. And if my head coach says, no, I don't like this guy. Let's say it's a receiver. Shane says, Oh, I want this receiver. And if hypothetically Dave's like, Oh, I don't want him. Shane drafts him anyway. Every time he drops a pass, the coach is going to be in his office. See, I told you it's not the guy. See, I told you. They have to be on the same page, personnel-wise, strategy-wise, all of it. Otherwise, it's not going to work. And, and I think having that long-standing pre-established relationship only is going to help that. Not to say that you know two people who don't have a mutual respect for each other that don't have as long of a relationship couldn't make it work. But I think that this has a, is a different feel to it. Um, and I think that that is a, you know, it's an exciting thing to see. All right. So we're going to, we're going to close up shop here, but, but I'm going to put you on the spot. You are a, you are a transplanted New Yorker. Yes. (laughs) You are a California girl. Mm -hmm. So we're going to put you on the spot with a couple of things here in terms of your, your New York fandom. First and foremost, New York or LA, where would you rather be? People ask me that all the time. And I say, it's like the equivalent of saying, would you rather have coffee or wine? It's two different things, two very different, <laughs> different moment, different feeling. You, you got to have a little bit of both in your life. So that's, that's my answer. I love living in New York right now. I love okay. having a presence in LA. Ideally, I'd like to have a little bit of both in my life. All but right. so, so when are you running for office? that's a nice political answer it's the truth i really can't pick (laughs) oh all right uh new york fandom yankees or mets yankees there you go good Mm -hmm. (laughs) there you go you can come on my show again there we go knicks or nets knicks there you go yeah uh hockey fan rangers islanders devils rangers i went to a rangers playoff game and that was incredible it was so much fun i went to game two of that series against penguins and wow i mean hockey growing up in la going to king's games is one thing but rangers games hockey fans i have so much respect for the energy that rangers fans bring yeah it's uh Winning in New York is, is a lot of fun because the fans, yeah. the fans bring a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And they, and they do let you know when you're, when, when you're not meeting expectations as well. 
And I respect that. New York fans are smart and New York fans know what they're talking about. They know their game. And I, I have so much respect for that. Uh, and they'll hold everyone accountable. And I, I think that that's, that's where the fun's at. All right. Hey, Madeline, appreciate the time. Uh, hopefully we'll, we'll do this again. Why don't you, you know, let folks know what, what you got coming on, coming up this summer. Yeah, thanks so much. So this summer, you know, it's a little bit of a slow period, of course, because Giants are uh, are down, but we'll be back and, and revving up content once again in July for training camp. We'll have our training camp show coming back. Uh, we'll be doing a lot of Giants post-game live when the season starts again. And, um, you know, until then, this is a little bit of the summer of George is what I'm going to have this summer. Here. I, I, I see the golf clubs behind you. There. Oh, yeah. These are... Yeah, the golf clubs, you know, mm-hmm. mine are in the car. Oh, mine are that's... in the car. So all <laughs> if you stay ready, you don't got to get ready, Ed. If you're in the there car, you it's like you can always pull up. Yeah, these, are, these have been getting some work in already, and hopefully I can uh, – take a few strokes off my game before camp. <laughs> I, 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 I've been, I've been trying to take strokes off my game for, uh, for, for years now. And I, and I, I, I finally figured it out. I'll be 62 this summer. I finally okay. figured it out. I can move up and play the shorter tees. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I don't awesome. have to, I don't have to play. I don't have to play from the whites or the blacks. I don't have yeah. to play from no, nah, to the it. Reds. Come join Pull. me at the Reds. There you go. Pull up yeah. a little bit. Play the shorter tees. Play the old man card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, well, if you got it, I don't, uh, I don't fault you there. <laughs> there you go. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Giants fans. Thank you as always for listening. Take care of each other. Stay safe out there and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. More to do's, less time and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.